In this episode, we have on our good friend Brian from the Hearthcast. The Hearthcast. Um, we kind of extend the discussion that we had in the last episode with Delvin Cox with the death penalty conversation. Uh, we go a little bit more into like a broad conversation about the criminal justice system and we pepper it in with a few other things. Uh, Brian's a great guy. We wanted his perspective on some of those same topics and uh, he'll be a regular. You'll, you'll hear Brian quite a bit. So without further ado, Mr. Brian Cecil. Yay. Okay, Brian, here's your random statement for the day that you have to complete the sentence. All right? All right. Everything about her was a lie. Was that the end of it? Yes. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, everything was about her. Everything about her was a lie, except for the herpes. Oh, nice. Damn. Nice. Right out the gate. Right. <laughs> I like it. I agree. <laughs> so we decided to have you on. We we're going to do this series of like uh like our viewpoints on some of the uh, the podcast from the More Perfect podcast, which is a Radio Lab spinoff. And the one that we sent you was the uh, one entitled Cruel and Unusual. Yep. Based on the the fight against the death penalty and whether or not lethal injection is cruel and unusual. So I guess the first question I want to ask is right off the bat. Um, death penalty, thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh I'm going to say that's a, that's a thumbs up. Thumbs uh, up. Obviously, certain circumstances uh, are going to be higher on that list. Um, but yeah, that's for the most part, uh, death penalty is uh, justifiable. Okay. So justifiable in that you think certain crimes justify the perpetrator to be put to death, or do you does, do you fall in the camp of you kind of need to have it on the books as a, um, like a threat. Like it's there if we want it, but it's going to be extreme limited cases that it gets used on. Look, if, if you are 100% guilty, um, like, you know, there's, there's footage of you doing some fucked up shit, uh, like killing somebody, uh, raping kids, uh, anything like that. Um, you know, yeah, uh, lethal injection, I think, is too nice. Um, you know, they, they mentioned a couple of uh, instances on More Perfect where they they were talking about um, the guy who you could see him wincing and, and gasping and whatnot. Um, and this dude, like, raped kids and fucking killed people. Fuck him. If it feels like uh, you've got acid flowing through your, bone, your veins for the last few minutes of your life, Fuck you. You deserve it. I don't disagree. And that, that's where I have a cognitive dissonance on this whole death penalty question. And I don't really want to dive off into this too much. I kind of just want to like dissect the the lethal injection versus other means of, 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 you know, enacting on the death penalty. But I have a cognitive dissonance where that's concerned because I think part of me says, yes, you need a death penalty, right? Because there are cases that – 
in my opinion, I would want to put somebody to death behind, right? Yeah. Like we, we saw yeah. a thing on Twitter earlier, that crazy ass lady just randomly trying to stab two kids, you know, on the street. That was fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Super fly fucked up. And in my opinion, if I had been on the street, chances are she would have died that day, especially if she'd have come at my kid with that knife. Yeah. You know what I mean? I would have ended up murdering that lady right there on the fucking street. Yeah. So there's a part of me that says, yes, you do something that, 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 that is egregious enough and that in my opinion, you need to die. Right. The flip side of that is, is I don't think anybody should be able to kill another person. You know what I mean? So I have this, this internal conflict where that's concerned. It's like, yeah, there are times where I'm going to want to see your life end because you've done things that are so egregious to society or to me or whatever. But I also have this other side of me that goes, I don't think anybody should have the approval to take somebody else's life. Yeah. I mean, I, I see that. Um, but at the same time, it's, uh, it's almost a necessity. I mean, even, even if you were to put someone in the stockades and walk away and let them perish that way, like somebody still put the lock on, um, you know, you're not necessarily killing that person, but you're responsible for it. Um, I don't know. Um, it's, I mean, obviously case by case basis, like, like I said earlier, uh, there's, there's some people that, uh, you know, if there, if there's a doubt, then all right, then we need to make sure first. But, uh, in a case where you've got somebody, uh, you know, it, it, if one of these mass shooters dies or, uh, survives, uh, and there's clear footage of this dude doing that, uh, you know, why, why should that guy get the chance to live out his life when he put to death innocent people? Right. Kind of like, um, they've basically forfeited their life, right? Yeah. Like if they feel that life isn't, um, precious enough to not kill people, then in my opinion, they've basically said that their life is not important or precious enough to keep. So okay. I, I'm, I'm pretty much for the, the death penalty in, in clear cut cases. You know, you got a case of like a, uh, the evidence is, is clear, you know, like you were talking about, um, or even in some cases, a confession, you know, one of the mass shooters is like, yeah, I did that. Okay. Murder him. Um, yeah. You know, but I, I believe the justice system in general needs a lot of reform. Um, yeah. So, you know, I have this, my cognitive dissonance isn't so much that, you know, um, nobody should kill. So, you know, I don't, I don't care about that, whatever. Um, mine is, I don't trust our justice system to get it right on circumstantial cases and juries are idiots. So I, I would only, my only concern would be when there's no clear cut evidence that we could potentially put somebody to death that is innocent and that yeah. I have a problem with. But outside of that, I believe that, yes, we, we need some form of way of, of removing the burden of society on people that have basically forfeited their life anyway by taking um, or harming other people's. Yeah, especially if there's no remorse for it. Right. Um, you know, I 
I I don't care if if uh, you found Jesus in jail while you were while you were in there. Um, if if you if you clearly did what you're accused of, and that is you know uh, something that uh, something that's gonna bring the death penalty about, then uh, then yeah, you deserve it. So uh, I don't think that. They should, I mean, obviously, you know, again, clear cut. Uh, I don't think that they should be on death row for 20 years. Uh, I think it should be a lot quicker process. Um, but again, like if there's if there's uh, any shadow of a doubt that, you know, this isn't clear cut, then obviously you're going to need to figure that out before you make the decision to take somebody else's life. Yeah, Right, and I think that's a one of the underlying issues of it all is, you know, the, the day and age that we live in right now, even video evidence sometimes has to be called into question. You know, I mean, deep fakes are a real thing and they're getting way better to where it is extremely difficult to determine the difference between a real video and a fake video. So I think as we move forward through that, it's going to be it's going to be harder and harder and harder to get that clear cut without a shadow of a doubt this person did it even like what Terry just said even with people that confess people confess to false shit on a, a lot of times oh yeah, yeah no i i know i'm i think maybe i need to revise my statement you know people confess just because they've been interrogated for hours and on hours right co- okay coerced into it right uh, you know just just given up and given in right exactly um but I mean, you know, along those lines, if it's somebody, if there's witnesses and, uh, you know, evidence and a confession, then, I mean, you know, where, where do you go from there? Yeah. Right. And, and that's why I say I have a cognitive dissonance, but I mean, I don't necessarily want the state to have a, you know, or the, I say the state, the government of, of whatever capacity to have the approval to end people's lives. Just because I have that fear of, in other words, in my opinion, I'd rather keep 1,000 guilty people on death row, or not even death row, but it's like life in prison, to leave open the, the possibility that there may be one or two people that have been wrongly convicted and have an opportunity to get their, get their life back. But that said, that's that's going a little bit off the thing. The, the point of the the more perfect podcast. I mean, I think that was the overtone of it was, you know, death penalty talk, right? Whether or not it's good or bad, but the specifics of this one was using lethal injection and whether or not that violates the constitution, you know, for the, the cruel, unusual punishment. And I kind of have to agree with the Utah guy, uh, the Utah house of representatives dude or whatever his name was. I can't remember it. Um, I don't think lethal injection, I don't think we should use lethal injection. I think we need to use something that is way more clear cut. You know, I don't, I don't necessarily want to use the electric chair because there's been so many of those that have just gone to fucking shit. Yeah. You know, history shows that that is not the most efficient way of taking somebody's life. And, you know, the firing squad is extremely efficient. You know? Yeah. No, that's, I, I agree. Um, you know, firing squad, it, it seems uh, more humane, um, less chance of error. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I I don't know, I 
almost in a way, I think the lethal injection most of the time is is too nice of a way yeah. to, to do it. Um, yeah, when it works and, the way it's supposed to. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, sense. when the, the, the guy mentions, he's like, you know, when, when his father was in hospice, um, you know, it was, you know, he's seen a lethal injection. He's seen his father in hospice. And he said it was the same in, in both cases where both cases they were surrounded by loved ones and they were easily put to death. Uh, why should, I, th- I think that was the case, you know, well, no, he didn't specify which, which case it was, but I mean, in a case of where somebody is a, a mass murderer or, uh, you know, just doing really shitty things to, to, to kids and, and everything else, like, you know, yeah, uh, you have absolutely no right to, to have a decent, uh, send off, right. um, you know, uh, that, that you should be in, in a dark room with nobody else around and, you know, not get the satisfaction of being able to see, you know, your, your loved ones, uh, in, in a, in a nice manner, I yeah. guess. You know, not, we, not saying that being put to death is, is a nice manner, but, um, I, I don't think that there should be any pleasantries allowed to that individual. Yeah. And I think it's a matter of, you know, your, your own internal definition of justice, right? Because, very few people end up on death row because they put somebody to sleep and then ended their life without the other person feeling any pain. You know what I mean? No. Yeah. So there, there is that side of me. It's like, well, maybe, maybe it should be an eye for an eye, right? Like if you if you murder somebody and you stab them to death and you stab them 64 times, well, maybe you should be stabbed 64 times during your death sentence. You know what yeah. I mean? So there's that there's that want for for the for the equality of that. You know what I mean? You want, you want to have some sort of, you know, semblance of justice where that's concerned. Um, I mean, I, as far as that goes, uh, sorry, I, but I mean, I, I don't really see that per se, uh, you know, 64 slashes for 64 slashes. Mm-hmm. Uh, because then, then you're getting into the territory you mentioned earlier where, um, you know, somebody shouldn't have, you know, the, somebody, another human shouldn't be taking another human's life in, in that way. Right. Um, you know, that's your, I mean, you're, you're going to end up with, uh, psychotic executioners again. Mm-hmm. Um, now I will say in those special cases where, uh, the, the things that you do are so heinous, uh, and just fucked up in general, then, um, I mean, yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, castration, let them bleed out from their balls, you know, <laughs> right. Um, uh, 50 yard line at the Super Bowl, you right. know, half, halftime show. Um, I mean, obviously that's, that's a stretch. You know, uh, you but, brought it up earlier and I've often wondered this about just the, the criminal justice you know, system and, and as a whole, you brought up putting people in the stocks. I wonder, you know, sometimes if things like that wouldn't be a, bigger deterrent to crime than what most of the penalty. I mean, like now, especially in, you know, in the United States, you don't really witness or see uh, what happens to you if, if, if you, if you cross society, right? Break the law, whatever, yeah. whatever you want to call it, you get swept away into a justice system and then you're put into a, you know, a penitentiary or a jail or whatever. And nobody, the, the public at large, they don't, they don't have a, there's no gravity to that. Right. And, yeah. you know, the whole thing about imprisonment and, 
you know, fines and all that kind of stuff is supposed to be a deterrent to, to at least a certain extent. Obviously, it's a you're repaying a debt to society because you obviously took something from them, be it a life or cost or, or whatever, right? But nobody ever really sees people pay that. And I yeah. know, you know, way back in the day when you when you crossed society, when you broke laws, you paid for it publicly, very publicly. Yeah. You know. Stoning and Right. Now I'm not saying we need to stone. I'm not even saying that we, you know, put people in stocks in the in the streets or whatever, but it's I wonder if there isn't a solution other than because I think that's a big part of what the death penalty holds is a a fear of if you fuck up too much, they can take your life from you also, right? Yeah. And I wonder if there's not mm. other ways of exposing, you know, society to what happens when you decide to break societal norms in a way that's egregious. Well, unfortunately today, like the, the closest that we get to that is some shitty reality TV show that's half scripted and you're not seeing what actually goes on behind those bars. Right. Um, but as far as like public executions go, there's... I, I don't know if you listen to uh, Dan Carlin's Hardcore History. Yeah, I do. Um, one of his la- latest episodes, which it's been a while, but uh, one of his latest episodes was, I, I think it was called Painfotainment. Yeah. And it was all about executions back in the day and how it was just a spectacle to be seen. Like that was, that was the, you know, it, that was the pay-per-view. Gotcha. Uh, and it, it, it's pretty fascinating. Listen, uh, you you really learn about uh, you know capital punishment, uh, the 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 history of it. Uh, it's pretty fascinating, but you know I, I I was obviously joking about the Super Bowl fifty yard line whatnot. Right. But um, I mean shit, dude. Uh, some some cases might need to call for that. Right. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to having a a way of broadcasting our executions. You know what I mean? If you can put everything else on TV. Why is it, in other words, if it's something that you feel is just, I'm not saying you, I'm just saying like, you know, our government as a whole, if they feel as though it's justified and they're, what they're doing is just and there's nothing wrong with it, why does it have to be kept to such a close, tight-knit, only certain members of the family and you can only bring in certain members of the press and they can't bring cameras and all this kind of stuff. I mean, if it's if it's truly if you're exacting justice on behalf of the people, the people should be able to see it. Yeah, and I, I think I think it'd be two things. I think number one, if people are able to act able actually able to see those executions, be it through firing squad or whatever, number one, there'd be such a fucking outcry of you know wanting to end these things happening wholesale that I think the death penalty would go away. But number two, the the other side of that is, I think it would it, it would give gravity to certain portions of the population, people that are just completely disconnected, you know, not like you know psychopaths or whatever, but just just completely disconnected with reality, you know, they just they just go through their day, they show up at work at eight, do their eight hour shifts, go home, Netflix until midnight, go to sleep, get up, you know, they don't really have a an understanding of, you know, what's going on around them. I think that would pull some gravity to those type people where they go, holy shit, you know what I mean? If I'm not watching what I'm doing, if I do fuck up, there is real consequences. And I don't think, I think people know that, but they don't ever get to see that side of our justice system. They see court, right? You can you can watch court on TV. But as soon as the, the judge hits his gavel on his little piece of wood, 
they rush off into a back hallway and you never really see the other side of it. Unless, like you said, it's a piss poor fucking reality TV show or something that's completely scripted like Orange is the New Black or Wentworth or whatever. And even the ones that are like kind of real, the what's the one that you watch, the Girls Behind Bars or something? Yeah, Girls Behind Bars. I mean, that's still very, uh, well, women, women locked up or something. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, it's very... You get one hour to interview this person right. that's, you know, in jail. Exactly. That's not what it's really like in jail, you know? I mean, the shit that I remember was like, uh, we had scared straight yeah. when I was younger. and Fucking prison Mike. <laughs> <laughs> and we like literally went to the local prison and sat down and had conversations with, you know, these... I mean, obviously, they weren't bad, bad criminals. They're not going to let a bunch of, you know, 12 and 13-year-old kids in with the hardened ones. But, yeah. you know, and that I decided that's not where I wanted to be. No doubt. You know, from that. Um, so, I kind of agree. Going back to, you know, the guillotine type days when everybody showed up and it was a big to-do and everybody watched, you know, it just, that makes more sense to me knowing that, you know, if I kill somebody, there's a good chance that the whole town is going to show up to them chopping my head off right. in public. You know, my only concern would then be because we're, we've become, in my opinion, a society of sissies, you know. No, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, but that statement offends me. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> you know, it, I I would just be concerned about what that would create, you know, on the other side of the spectrum. Well, unfortunately, that's probably going to create more of the existing problem that we have now. Uh, you know, you're, you're going to have people that think to themselves, well, fuck it, I'm going to get publicly executed anyway. Uh, I'm just going to do suicide by mass shooting. Right. You know. Um, yeah, you're going to create a you're going to create a thing that people want to drive to be a part of. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? That 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 would be a concern of mine is that there are people out there that are maybe on the edge, but they're like, you know, if I go out here and do some dumb shit, I'm probably just going to get locked in a cell. And nobody's ever going to know nothing. I think there are prima donnas out there that I think a, a big part of these mass shootings. That's what it is. They they're not just wanting to murder people. They're wanting to murder people in a way that gets them some sort of acknowledgement. Yeah, that's yeah. possible. Yeah, well, it's uh, photo photo goes viral. The you know uh, you know the the court case is is on TV and all mm -hmm. oh, that. See, people fucking know me now. Yeah, mm -hmm. now they know my name exactly. You know, and and that's that's unfortunate, and it it, it really is unfortunate how much the media and whatnot emphasize who these people are and right. they give them the, the publicity that they're more than likely looking for. Right. Yeah. Um, instead of honoring those that were victims, uh, right. honoring their families, honoring, honoring the victims themselves. Uh, they, they put all the publicity on the shithead. Exactly. Yeah. And then like of the, course, the victims. And, and, then, and then a byproduct of that is since you're not, focusing on the, the the families and the victims you end up with conspiracy theories that oh this didn't actually happen these are all crisis actors yeah exactly. yeah yeah um and i i don't know why that never dawned on me until now but uh 
you know, because I've, you know, I, I could, I could get down with Kelly when it comes to conspiracy <laughs> theories right. um, and, and whatnot. But uh, in reality, like, I, I think that might be one of the, one of the true issues behind conspiracy theories for mass shootings like that is you're not focusing on the family and the victims. You're focusing on the dickhead. Yeah. Right. Uh, so everybody thinks that these people aren't real. Uh, I mean, shit, dude, that, that might be a, an actual uh, theory to look into. Right. Right. You know, I understand them to an extent, not wanting to, you know, put the victims out there. I mean, you, you kind of want to protect that a little bit. But I think the people that want to, you know, address the public and say, hey, this is how it affected me. This is my child. This is their picture. This is the life that went away behind this guy. I think those people should have just as loud of voices as the, the perpetrator himself. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, if the family wants privacy, then privacy should be granted. Right. Um, but, I mean, if I, I, I would think I, I don't I don't know. Hopefully I never find out. But, I mean, I, I would think that if, if something horribly tragic happened like that in, in my family, I would want people to know who my family member was, Yeah, you know, uh, and, and honor and honor them. You right. know? Yeah, I agree. I think I would, I think I'd want to do the same thing. I think it would, <laughs> just for the, the exact same reasons of what we're talking about a minute ago, bringing, bringing true gravity to the situation when, when the, when the story is just this person X, did this horrible thing, right? The focus ends up on, well, how do we stop the horrible thing? And yes, you, you need to focus on how to stop the horrible thing, but we also need to know why, because yeah. there's real world consequences that nothing, like you said, that a lot of times it doesn't get talked about. There's actual loss of life or loss of property. Or, you know, if you got a dude running around burning houses, right? Well, maybe he doesn't kill people in the house, but them people are, you know, put into a spot, you know, and that they don't get, that, you know, you find the arsonist and all of a sudden now, you know, his his story is being told. And it's like, well, why the fuck are you telling that dude's story? You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And that's, I mean, I, uh, in, in a way, I'm guilty of, of that. Uh, I listened to, uh, you know, like last podcast on the left. Yeah. Uh, and that's, you know, you're, you're learning about horrible fucking people. Mm. Right. Um, but at the same time, it's like, you know, gee, I, you know, I, I've listened to, to that for a few years now. And I've learned a lot about a lot of fucked up people. And, you know, uh, it, if it's taught me one thing, like you never fucking know. Yeah. You, you, you never know. Uh, and it's, I, I think it's good to know that that is out in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and knowing that that's out in the world makes me want to be able to have the option to protect my family. Right. You know, uh, and my family protect, protect themselves. But I mean, to, to a point, like you have to know that that evil is out there. Uh, and you know, kind of along the lines that you were saying, like you, you learn about the person and what led up to what they did. Um, so I guess it's, it, I mean, in no way is it glorifying these people, it, but you're, you're learning about their backstory and everything. And, kind of and you you see a lot of the same things with uh like the like you know frontal lobe injuries and you know bedwetting and shit like that like the 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 trifecta they call it uh and and serial killers and whatnot uh and it's you know funny not funny it's like gee well uh 
all right, my, my son is four and he's not wetting the bed. That's good. He hasn't had any uh, frontal lobe injuries. That's good. Uh, let's, uh, I, so far, all of the signs are good. <laughs> I don't right. have to worry about it, you know. Uh, but I don't, I don't know. Like, it, it's good to know about their past, but not by way of glorification. Yeah. Right. right. In, in my opinion, the, the people that, man, I don't know. As I started that sentence, I think I changed my mind halfway through it. You know, in a way, I would just as soon be like, hey, here is person X, right? He is a white male, 35 years old, you know, comes from middle class family or lower middle class. But their name, maybe they're maybe that's part of it. Maybe you don't put their picture up. Maybe you don't put their their name out there. Maybe you just keep that stuff sealed. Just so that you don't have people that go, oh, I'm ready to go out. You know what I mean? And to do so, I'm going to get famous first. I think you could eliminate some of that by if they know going into it that they're not going to get any huge public uh, recognition. Their so name's not going to go down in history forever, you know, right. as did or, X on this date. Yeah. Or put put a put a, a time period on it. Uh, wait 30 days before you start releasing information like that, yeah. uh, all the details and whatnot, so that it has a chance to die down. And the only people that are going to um, know the details of this are people that are actually looking into it uh, and want to see what's going on. Exactly. Instead of just forcing it down everybody's fucking throat. Right. Uh, and, you know, and that's a problem that with the, the news attainment that we have in this country right now. I mean, there's really not... And I was listening to... Uh, oh, I was listening to Delvin the other day. He had that, that guy on... Uh, and he made a really good point. He's like, Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, these these places, they don't give you a lot of news. What they do is give you a lot of pontification. There's a lot of opinion. There's a lot of commentary. But you've only got about 30 to 45 minutes a day on those shows or on those on those networks where you're actually getting news. Yeah. The rest of it is yeah. just a giant fucking cycle of babbling over whatever the fuck is actually drawing people to their program. And yeah. that could be whatever they feel like is going to cause you to sit and leave your television, tune into that station so that their ads can run. That's what they're going to put on the fucking TV. And it just so happens to be pictures of folks that are doing horrible shit a lot of times. Well, and it's yeah. interesting that you just said that because um, I was trying to think of the guy that shot up the uh, movie theater in Aurora, Colorado. Yeah. yeah. I cannot, for the life of me, think of his name, but I Good. can picture him. Right. Yeah. Well, I can picture well, the guy that, you know, just here recently in El Paso. I can see that guy's face, right? But I couldn't tell you his fucking name. And part of it is because I don't, I don't seek that information, right? Yeah. I don't, I don't need to know all the, the, the details of him. He was a piece of shit. Right. Piece of shit did this. So that's kind of all I need to remember. But it just, it, I was thinking about that because, you know, you're talking about the news media glorifying their, um, who they are and all that. And it's like, I couldn't tell you his name, but I could pick him out at, like, if there was, like, a lineup of pictures. Landon. I think it was Landon. Landon. Last name was Landon or something. That does ring bells. Hmm. But I couldn't so. swear to it. Right? No, neither could I. I, I wouldn't put any money on it, but I no. could, here's the thing. I would put money on what he looked like on a picture 
Yeah, I'm horrible with names anyways. I'm, I'm the world's worst about that. I mean, I, if I see you one time, chances are I'll remember you 25 years from now and I can pick you out into a mall. But actually remembering your name, I mean, I do good to just keep up with the, the close people around me, more or less, you know, random assholes off the internet. But Yeah, I like the idea of either withholding that type of information or at the least withholding it for a certain amount of time to let the sensationalism of what's going on die down. Um, I think that would help reduce the number of like your, your copycats, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you have a just punishment and, you know, in one of those situations I'm all for, you know, everybody's like, I support the death penalty cause eye for an eye. And it's like, yeah, but we really don't, we really don't, follow that Mm-mm. you know so no, and I don't sorry know. go ahead well i just i i just kind of feel like you know the fun the punishment should fit the crime right so if you're doing things to little kids you know then i feel like you should have those things done to you uh yeah uh, and maybe by the people who you know like if it's a kid situation maybe by the parents of that kid you know, yeah, give me give me ten minutes with this son of a bitch. Right. Right. You know, that 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 type of thing. Um but or I mean hell, uh you, you wanna be sick and twisted when it comes to that, then uh set up some uh some some me- mechanical uh punishments. Uh you know, like you said, if if they're doing this to kids, we're gonna do it to you. And uh that way you don't have to have uh you know anybody actually physically doing it. Yeah. And and they could get their just reward. Right. And, you know, and I feel you like know? I feel like a lot of these a lot of times it's part of the reason why I have such a an issue with the death penalty in itself. I think is a lot of times these are emotional decisions. And I think what you are both sitting here talking about is like, you know, yeah, it's it it your emotion that drives you to, you know, enact vengeance mm-hmm. rather than justice. Retribution. Right. Yeah. Justice no, you're, is, you're absolutely right. Like I justice mean, is if if somebody kills your kid, right? Justice is they forfeit their life as well, right? Revenge and you know it is different. It's like, oh, how did he kill my kid? Well, he killed my kid by running him over with a car while he was drunk. It's like, okay, well, let me get drunk and run this dude over in my car, right? So that that's not necessarily a just punishment. It is revenge, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's probably super satisfying for the person that gets to do that. But I think that's a big part of what's the issue with, you know, a lot of the the punishments that are handed down is, is it becomes an emotional thing. And I don't think you can ever completely remove emotion from, uh, from that equation because it's always going to be people right. that hand down the, the judgment, right. whether it be the judge himself or the jury. Those are always going to be people. And there's always going to be emotional reactions to whatever's going on, you know. So I don't think you can remove that. But I think what we should try to do is remove the emotion from those decisions as much as possible. And I think of that just in a selfish way. If I ever found myself in a situation where I was wrongly accused for something, I wouldn't want emotional fucking decisions made. I would want rational decisions made, you know, with what's going to happen with my life. Well, I think we have the capabilities for that now, Uh uh, you know, something along the lines of Watson, uh, you know, you have an unbiased opinion where you could you could put set rules and standards into the system and then present that system with 
the facts and have that system decide. Therefore, you don't have that element of human emotion. Right. Um, I mean, obviously, that's something that would have to be tested and tried and, uh, you know, but I, I think that I, I think in all reality, like if you wanted to remove that emotional viewpoint, I think that that's possible. If not right now, then, uh, you know, it, it could be possible very soon. Yeah. In the near future. With, yeah. And that gives me technology. pause, too. It's like, Jesus Christ, you know, now we're going to turn over our our justice system to computers, man, that's spooky. Well, I, I don't know. know. No, not, not, not the whole justice, justice system, but I'm saying along the lines of like as, as far as capital punishment, ah, yeah. uh, okay. you know, that, that way you don't have the, the human element in there. Um, and, you know, obviously, like I said earlier, that's something that, you know, if you were going to do something like that, then you're going to want uh, a clear cut, no doubts at all, you know, situation where you could put that information in, get yeah. the results right. out and i think if you did that you would probably end up with it serving some sort of a justice similar to the firing squad yeah you know what i mean because if there is even a three percent chance that the person that's being put to death is not actually because i mean we still have our rules right the cruel and unusual that's what this whole thing is about is if that person is um if, if the drugs don't work just the way they're supposed to that is cruel and unusual punishment, the way you're killing them, right? Because the whole thing is, is like, and that's what I said to you a minute ago, it's not necessarily what I want or what you want or what she wants because we have emotion. The law is supposed to be emotionless. You know, we're, everybody's supposed to have equal protection under it. So, yeah, it, it does kind of, as a person, you sit back and go, fuck, man, I wish that dude was just getting it way worse. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wish yeah. he was getting, I wish his death was not as kind as it appears to be, right? Yeah. But, we have to have you. You got to draw the line somewhere, and, and and you know the drafters of of our of our laws came to a conclusion of hey, yeah, as a state, as a power, and as a government, we're not going to use our power that's given to us by our people to in turn be cruel and unusual to them should they come under our justice system. And I think that's a good thing because if that wasn't there, again the justice system and the the prison systems are ran by people. People can be fucked up. And if there's not something there, if there's not a guiding principle that, that holds crazy people at bay, you're going to have crazy people doing crazy shit with folks that are on, you know, that, that have a life sentence. Yeah. You know, that they know what they did in the real world. So they're liable to be fucking crazy. But I, I'm, and so for that, I'm grateful that there is a, yeah, it fucking sucks because my emotion wants that guy to just be burned at the fucking stake, right? You know, or beaten with a fucking leather strap until he bleeds to death, right? And you, you have those emotional responses. But I'm grateful for the fact that, that our government stands back and goes, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to rise above that fray, you know, and, and take some of that emotion out of it and treat even our worst members of society at least with a bit of human fucking dignity. I'm grateful yeah. that that's there. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, if someone thinks that, you know, a botched lethal injection is cruel and unusual, uh, you know, yeah, give them, give them that history lesson, uh, to, to draw and quartering, uh, to, uh, you know, dumping somebody's intestines out while, while they're alive. Right. Um, you know, they're, they, they did some fucked up shit back in the day, man. Oh, no doubt. I was just um, looking at that on like Wikipedia, just the list of, you know, types of, uh, capital punishment 
you know, it, 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 there's some sick shit that people used to do, you know. Yeah. And, and people used to enjoy it. Yes. They, they, used, sure to, they a, used to get a kick out of it. I'm telling you, there's a population of people living in this country right now that go to work with a suit and tie on every day that would love nothing more than the dude and sit around and watch the dude get fucking drawn and quartered. Oh, yeah. You know, there's... And, 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 just, and just imagine it's their boss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Or their fucking brother-in-law or, you know, whoever. Yeah. You know, yeah. we have a society right now. I mean, one of the most popular sports, if... I mean, I think it's... Shit, I saw something the other day. Obviously, that you know, football is the most popular sport in the United States right now. But you know, MMA is is coming up into the top three. I mean, I think I think it's overtaken baseball at this point. No, not baseball, but basketball. I think more people are interested in MMA than they are basketball, and that's a straight up violent sport. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's mine. I spend more money watching fights than I do any other fucking sport. I could stop watching. UFC pay-per-views and save enough money in a year to go to like two or three Dallas Cowboy games. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? But I don't, you know, but <laughs> and just like I wouldn't, I don't know that I would pay to go and sit in a UFC event just because I like the comfort of my house and, you know, being able to have the close-up shots and all that kind of shit. But, you know, there's a... Oh, that's, that's, that's with us uh, as far as that goes. Like, I'm a Bears fan. I, I'm outside of Chicago. Uh, <laughs> and it gets fucking cold. No uh, so you you get you get past uh, September and football season, and it's it's a real crapshoot on how comfortable you're going to be while you're at that game. And uh, yeah, I would you know when when the season hits, uh, I I would much rather be in the comfort of uh, indoors because a skybox is too fucking expensive. Right? Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I mean, I'd like to go. I mean, I haven't been to a Cowboys game in the new stadium. Matter of fact, I've never been to a Cowboys game. I was going to say. Fucking you didn't ever. even go in when it was no. Texas Stadium. I'm fucking 38 years old, never been to a single Cowboys game. Been a fan ever since before I was born. Right. But, <laughs> you know, and, and part of it was is the expense. You know, I grew up fairly poor, you know, so it was difficult to, to scrounge. It was easy for my granddad to, like, get tickets for me and my brothers to go with him to Rangers games, you know, back in the day. Rangers games were like... It was like five dollars a fucking ticket. You know what I yeah. mean? You just, you walked in, you had to sit way out in the middle of fucking nowhere, but by the fucking fourth inning, you could go sit behind the home plate. Nobody gave a shit. Yeah. Um, but Cowboys games have always been expensive. You know, ever since I've been a little kid, anyways, and they're even more expensive now. I mean, it's it's kind of ridiculous just to sit up in the standing room only. So that's a big prohibitor for me. It's like Jesus, if I'm going to take you know me and Terry and our two kids, we're going to spend three thousand dollars to go to one fucking football game. Yeah, that's you know, fucking crazy. Yeah, Agreed. tickets, parking, hotel, food, you know, just, just to go for that one day. You know, it, it's going to cost us almost three grand to go. If we want to be able to sit. Yeah. And standing room tickets at the Cowboys is not too bad. No, it's like $27, but yeah, it's literally. Standing for standing. fucking five and hours. You you may not be to where you can see the field when you're standing. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, of course, they got the big TV, but. It's but a, again, you've only got the two ends from the where the standing room only is. So yeah. what's the point? You don't even get to see the big, big screen. Right. So, <laughs> you know that. what the point is? I mean, football is a violent game. They're they're taking a lot of the violence out of it. But football, the most popular sport in the United States, and possible, well, it's not the most popular in the world. Mm-hmm. Soccer is the most popular in the world. That's pretty violent. Mm-hmm. Not like not intentionally. Those dudes barely but, get touched, and they rolled around on the fucking ground like somebody yeah. stabbed them to death. Uh, there there have been some pretty nasty breaks though. Mm-hmm. Oh sure. Yeah, but then you flip and you look at that and you go, okay, well, you know, one of the top three, for sure top five most popular sports in the world is MMA. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or or fighting in general, boxing. 
you know, some sort of a, a of a fighting sport. That's you know, a joke. It's people like to watch violence, and I think if you were to televise some sort of capital punishment, I believe a fuck ton of people would watch it. You know what I oh, mean? Oh yeah, it would become yeah, a spectator sport of some, not really a sport, but it would be a spectacle that people actually tune in to watch. Just because, I mean, I would watch one. You know what I mean? Just to say I did one time. But, yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, something like that, it would, it would really get people to question themselves. I think so. Uh, you know, gee, why, geez, why did I watch it? Uh, God, I, I, I don't ever want to have that happen to me. Right. Um, or somebody that I give a fuck about who's on the wrong path. Yeah. 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 And you might, they might motivate you to go snatch them up by their collar one day and go, Hey, look, motherfucker, you know, the, the road you're on is going to end in a real bad fucking spot. Yeah. You know, so it could could have potentially benefits of reducing crime, but I don't, I mean, that shit ain't ever going to happen. I say it ain't ever going to happen, but, you know, this fucking world's weird, yeah. and it only gets weirder every fucking day. So there may come a fucking time where we're looking back on this fucking 10 years down the road going, we fucking called it. Yeah. 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 Well, and one of the other things that I would add outside of, you know, being a spectacle for the public at large to for see the, the weirdos <laughs> for all of us lunatics um you know people victims families i've i have heard just because i i really enjoy the true crime documentaries and shit like that and you know i've heard several of them say things like you know ah, the death penalty i mean he's dead but you know it doesn't really provide any real closure yeah it doesn't bring back your person right so I'd say let's bring back the firing squad and open it up to the victims' families. Right, and that's the other thing that I was wondering. Oh, you talking about let them actually pull the trigger? Yeah, that's one of the things I did agree with that one dude on that podcast. He was like, I don't think there should be a single fucking gun with a blank in it. Yeah, everybody should be held accountable. If you're going to sign up for that shit, be ready. Right, we'll make it a volunteer thing. Mm -hmm. But if you volunteer, then know that you're going to shoot a bullet, and it's. More than likely going to kill right. him. Right. Get rid of that, you know, plausible deniability yeah. on, on on the one person. That way you can go to bed at night and go, well, maybe it wasn't me. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, and, I mean, obviously, like, if, you, if you're going to do, like, a volunteer thing, like he said, uh, he said that, you know, firing squad is all volunteers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I believe that's what he said. Yes, sir. But, um, I mean, something like that, like, yeah, you need to do a, a, a check on these people and right. make sure they're not just sadistic fucks that yeah, right. just want to kill somebody. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, they just want the satisfaction of putting a bullet in somebody. Uh, right. You know, give them a, a a clear a clear bill of health, and uh, you know, make sure that they understand what they're doing, and they're not doing it to get their rocks off. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So when I when uh, you you hit me up, I sent you the the link to the the uh, the episode of, of More Perfect List Two, and you, you got back with me like, hey didn't really care for the format and you said you kind of wanted to talk about that or you, you didn't care how it was done. What did, what were you talking about there? Uh, the, the show itself, uh, it, like to me, I, I, I just didn't like the way it was done because it was, it was almost like, uh, you're, you're listening to a documentary with, uh, the director's commentary over it. Like, like, you know, watching a movie with the director's yeah. commentary, whatnot. Yeah. Uh, kind of like that. It was almost like, uh, you know, shit, you probably could have just played this show that you're playing half of throughout and just interrupting it 
with yeah, your own thoughts. There are moments where it's like the they're they're playing a, a clip of the person who's telling part of the story, and they like fade them down and come over the top and be like, "Well, what they said here was this." It's like, well, yeah. fuck, why didn't you just let them say it? I was I was interested in listening to this obviously an intelligent fucking person that can yeah. speak well. Just let them yeah. finish their fucking sentence. I don't need you to recap. Right. But I also understand that you know I think the way they do that show is is they go and interview you know, 10, 15, 20 people, however many people they end up interviewing, they got to, they got to call it down a little bit, you know? Yeah. So I can understand them sometimes trimming it down going, well, here's what basically it was said. Instead instead of having a five hour episode, you know, you got to, you got to cut it down a little bit, but there are times where I get frustrated, like, holy shit, they they were getting to the thing that I wanted to hear them say. And now you're, you're fucking recapping it. Yeah. Yeah. So it it was just, that's, I don't know. I can never watch a movie with the commentary on. Mm -mm. So like listening to it, with the commentary on was, was just a little bit worse. <laughs> right. So, yeah, there was, they, Radio Lab itself is, I want to say it leans left. All right. I don't Without think it doubt. leans like crazy fucking left. No, I think a lot of times left. they, they do call things kind of down the middle, but the, that kind of runs over. And like you said, in their commentary, they, they pontificate a little bit or they, they don't really, they don't really opine very much, but they do like drop little lines in there. Every their once opinion in a while. is known. Yeah. yeah, their their opinion is known. Whether they come right out and say, you know, I am against the death penalty, but it's little words where it's like, you know, this heinous thing that we do. You know, yeah. Well, yeah. obviously they're not for. Well, it's like that the lady in this one do. was like, "Hey, uh, Nevada gave California a cup full of murder." Yeah, or yeah. A cup full of death, and it's like, okay, I get what you're saying there, but the way well, that you that was from that, uh, that was from uh, the Daily Show or something, wasn't it? Yeah, or uh, the, yeah. the the Colbert Report. Yes. Yeah, they did that, but it was one of the Radio Lab producers that dropped that. Hey, they borrowed a cup of death from somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, overall, it's I like it because, to the best of my knowledge, nobody else is really digging into shit like that. You know, nobody. I mean, there I guess there's this Oye project, but I don't think they. I think it's more of just like a website. It's like a group that monitors the Supreme Court. And to my knowledge, there's really nobody out there that's like taking the cases that land there and kind of deep diving into them. Well, and deep diving in them into them in a uh, relatively interesting way right. that helps keep the ADD generation listening. Right. Right. You know, I think that if it was just somebody, I mean, and I know because in school when I, when I was doing my college classes, you know, there was a lot of, you know, the state versus Joe Blow, you know, and it was just on and on and boring and you didn't fully understand, you didn't have the backstory. So I feel like it's particularly this, this season um, where they did all the court cases, it was more interesting. It was delivered in a more interesting way than a professor standing at the the front of the classroom, trying to just deliver the facts. Right. Right. Um, they're telling you a story. Yeah. There's. It's not just a diatribe of information. Right. Right. So I and I think that's why I like it. Um, but I do get frustrated with the way it's delivered sometimes. Yes. Yeah. I agree with that. And I don't. I don't. I don't think you can cover you know, the Supreme Court or some of the cases that they're talking about without, I don't think you're ever going to find a podcast that just runs it right down the middle again, because you have people that do it right there. There's there's going to be difficult for you to, to just catch this completely unbiased, you know, viewpoint. And that's what I said. I think 
Radio Lab in general and you know their offspin this this more perfect. I think they keep it as close to the center as they possibly can. I, I think that their viewpoint is significantly more left, and I think they bring that back, especially the the Jad guy. Yeah, he'll say some things every once in a while. It's like, holy shit, I didn't expect you to be you know quite that conservative on that thought. Yeah, you know, but it's I like it. I like all of them. I've listened to every single episode, well except the the most most recent one that they put out the album where they had a bunch of songs written about i've listened to all of those those were those were pretty difficult and that's where the they okay (laughs) that's where their opinions the more perfect slash radio lab opinions is most evident to me because the majority of the listeners Mm -hmm. and thus the contributors to that that season are very left-leaning yeah you know, and that's that's if if I had to give you proof that they're a left leaning podcast, it would be that is the overwhelming majority of their listeners are left leaning. Right. I mean, I listen to them. And I don't. You I don't lean know. left. I do lean left. <laughs> <laughs> Especially on social issues. I mean, fiscal issues. I'm significantly more conservative, but and I think it's funny because when I explain my thoughts just in general on, on, on how our government is. People are like, holy shit, dude, you're like super fucking liberal. And it's like, no, ultimately, I'm really fucking conservative. I don't yeah. want government fucking with me, period. Yeah. I want them to have the smallest amount of power as possible, and I want them to stay the fuck out of my life as much as much as I possibly fucking can get them out of it. And that's a tr- that's a, that is a very conservative viewpoint. But when I start yeah. explaining how I want those, how I want the freedoms inside my life, like, holy shit, dude, you're liberal as fuck. And it's like, well... No, I'm not. It just seems that way because I want freedom to do whatever the fuck I want to do. Yeah. You know, then and somehow or another that gets twisted as being a, a fucking liberal. And it's like, no, I'm not really. I guess maybe I am. I don't know. I don't fucking get how, on teams. How dare you think in between the fucking spectrums? Right. Yeah, I'm not. That's a, just, that is just uncalled for. It's unacceptable. Uh, you you need You need to be blue or red. There is no such thing as purple. Right. No, I apologize for that. You need to be an elephant or, or a, jackass. a donkey. That's right. Do they call it a donkey or do they call it a jackass? It's a donkey. Oh, it's a donkey. Well, the conservatives call it a jackass and right. you know, <laughs> the, the Democrats call it a, a donkey. Yeah, I was having a conversation with a couple of guys I worked with the other day. They were Trump did something and like the, the left was just all over him. And he's oh, like, so he woke up that day. Yeah. Well, the whole thing is it's like he like he gave them something that they wanted and they yeah. still were harping him about it. Yeah. They were just saying that, you know, just even I guess just the way he gave it to him was a fucking problem. That's why I said, look, man, that's part of the issue that's going on in this country today is the fact that if a Democrat does something, a Republican's gonna hate it. Doesn't matter what the fuck it is. And if a and if a Republican does something, a Democrat's gonna hate it just because that's what you're supposed to do because your team Right. And, and exactly. Exactly. You're on fucking teams, man, and I don't want to be on a fucking team. I want to be on team me. Yeah. Right. So there's going to be, you know, red things and blue things and purple things and, you know, rights and lefts and that I see and I go, yeah, that fucking makes sense to me because my team is me. I'm not on a blue team or a red team or a right team or a left team. I'm on my team. Yeah. You selfish son of a bitch. That's right. Yep. Fucking cisgendered piece of shit. Right? The hell. <laughs> <sighs> Anyways. All right. That was a good conversation. Yeah, I enjoyed that. 
Brian, yeah. give them, give them, give the people a, a breakdown of what you do. Uh, so I have this, uh, this, this little hobby that I do, um, uh, kind of, kind of, kind of like this one, uh, podcasting, uh, my show is called the Herfcast. It's cigars and conversation. Uh, it's not necessarily based on cigars. I just like smoking cigars and talking to people normally with some drinks. Um, I, I like to talk to anybody. So, uh, I've had a wide array of, of topics and, and shows and whatnot, uh, like I said, I don't keep it just to cigars. Um, but yeah, I, I drop episodes. When I, what's that? Who was the guy that you had on with coffee? I can't think of his name. Uh, Daryl Davis. Daryl Davis. That's one of my favorite episodes you've ever done. Uh, and he just got back to me about part two. Nice. So uh, there there should be uh, sometime sooner than later, I should be doing a, a part two with uh, Daryl Davis and Coffee Black. Uh, that's that's uh, one of the... I, I generally stay away from politics on my show, um, but the complete opposite of that, I, I go to race relations every once in a while. Right. Um, because like the way that I like to say it, I'm your average ignorant white guy when it comes to that shit. Yeah. And I want to learn about it. Um, I, I, I don't want to be ignorant to it. Uh, so I like doing the race relations episodes. Uh, they're, they're few and far between. Uh, but like I said, I should have part two coming out. Uh, once, once we could line up three schedules, uh, which is not the easiest thing to do. No kidding. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I, I have, uh, like local comedians, um, uh, cigar reps, shit like that. Um, and yeah, we just talk about whatever comes to mind and, uh, I've been doing it for two years now. Um, like I said, it, 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 it truly is a hobby for me. I don't have any regular release schedule. I, I do them when I have the time. So. Right on. Yeah, I listen to them every time you put them out. I haven't found one yet that I didn't enjoy. I appreciate it. Particularly the ones that I've been on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I talked the most on your podcast ever that night. Yeah. 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 First. So, anyways, well, I guess we're going to let you get going to work. and. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so the, the herfcast.com is the website you can find it on most podcast platforms um yeah i mean that's that's about it so we appreciate you coming on brian you'll be a, a staple i'm sure as we go along or sounds we'll, good to me man more often than probably not yeah all right man have all a right. good time or a good night thanks all for right. talking with us all right Thanks. take it easy all right. bye bye